you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The Around the NFL Podcast. Thinks S-Darn will really take off. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined in a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Mmm. Friday. We made it to the end of the yellow brick road. Mark, it's a new day. Uh, is it starting to sink in a little bit more? Uh... Is what's starting to sink in? Are you serious? Well, that we're going to be covering the Browns at the Super Bowl. Right. The Browns next are year. In. Where is it? Miami. So it's like Browns. It's like the playoff field is set. Did we have the really Browns and 11 that, other teams. It is starting to sink in, but I want to make After it very clear. Torture. I want to make it very clear that if the Browns make the Super Bowl, I will not be working that day. I will be there, but I will be a, I will be a human being running full speed ahead in the stands doing what I want to do. Right. I mean, it seems comical the thought of the Jets being in the Super Bowl, but if if that ever happened, I'm already on record. I'm not working either. I would do a cameo on the show if they won. Yeah, can we call you at least? Yes, yes. no, there would be absolutely that. But, but I would not appear in the in event of a loss. But this, this is all great problems. The idea of, oh, oh the Browns Losing the Super Bowl, uh, what, a, what a horrible thing that would be. That would mean you made the big game. Mm. I'm already getting about tweets, it. One could say that that's giving up on you know your team, not the Jets or the Browns, but the team in this room in, in what could be like the most rewarding moment for the listener mm. ever. That's, mm. that's I mean, I definitely awesome. would rather be cramped in one of those auxiliary press boxes where you can't move your knees. They give you like a ham sandwich wrapped in plastic and a stale cookie instead of enjoying the full experience that I've waited 40-plus years to right. enjoy. As I a mean, kid. as a Patriots fan, Greg, the idea of the Patriots being in the Super Bowl isn't even special at this point. The idea of the Browns or, or the Jets, that's almost like it's impossible. I've to covered six. I had to do three on each side now. If they made a second, I would, I would go back to my media duties. If the Bengals make the Super Bowl... <laughs> I can't, I can't. You back in? <laughs> I can't finish it. It's, it's it's would you laughable. get back in? 
No, it's too laughable. You don't think that Bobby Hart, uh, uh, John Miller combo is going to bring you back? Right there. Let's let's start with winning a playoff game first. Mm. Um, ah, gun rack. There is a, a couple things real quick I want to hit. Number one, related to Odell Beckham going to the Cleveland Browns in the blockbuster trade of the year, maybe the decade. Um, a person on Twitter reminded me of this, and I wish I remembered their handle, but you know who you are. Jake Laser nailed it. Oh, yeah, yeah. he did. Jake Laser in his mailbag, and we were uh, let's face it, we were dismissive of it. You were, I, we we weren't at all. I in fact said, "What are you saying?" I, you, I was trying to save you. You were the one that said, "Let's not talk about this anymore." I was trying to be. Uh, uh, I was using the royal wig. I was saying, if Glazer's putting in there, it's it's. I mean, Glazer's a little different. That's what I said. Different cat. Well, I think well, I, I'm the guilty party who uh. said, if you look at the context, he was just mm. asked a question. Right, and when we at the combine, when Gettleman made his infamous comment that we didn't sign Odell Beckham to trade him, we were all kind of exhausted and put a moratorium on talking about it anymore. That's right. But Jay Glazer, in a mailbag, Mark is right, in a mailbag, tossed off that that could be a trade that would shock people. I mean, part of it was, I think, what Greg's referring to, because you do the mailbag here at NFL.com, the little mailbag on mailbag heat. Right. And... I would just say as a challenge to you, as a friendly challenge, yeah. you have a little bit of work to do in your sure. next mailbag to get sort of back it, onto par it, with what It's the same way that there. Bill Simmons feels about Hansis. He was like, I was the mailbag guy. Don't come on my corner. I don't no. like it. No, Glazer forever has my respect in the mailbag game after that. Uh, the other thing is, uh, we've talked about this on the podcast, and this is much far more esoteric, but that we had the big mural outside at NFL media mm. headquarters. And we've been wondering for a long time, there's eight players on the wall. Um, and we were saying, who is going to be the first guy that's going to mess up the mural? And J.J. Watt, Josh Norman, Aaron Rodgers, Von Miller, Rob Gronkowski, Pat Peterson, Cam Newton, and Antonio Brown. He's the first. It's been hey, years, too. Bosa's inside the building. The wall's shot! On a, on a, on a mural-like place that was never completed, it seems like. Uh, it's a great question, Dan, because we are moving out of this building in 2022. It's official. You can now go into a room in the NFL.com building. Huge waste of office space and resources. Where you can look at the plans for the building we're moving into. So do they even bother to fix it up? Or are they, are they just like kind of do it... <laughs> Like a cheap version where they just like write oak over the top of his jersey. Like, it's like, why even bother fixing it? Fair at this question. Point? We're leaving. Got to sink money into that. Right, the painter was here for months. You got to get him back. Wes. Roger Goodell, tear down that wall. <laughs> <laughs> Politics, nailed it. Save it for the political show. All right. Save it for the Glasnost show. Big show coming up. I don't, I don't know what that means. What's Glasnost? Oh. Uh, what uh, wasn't it Gorbachev's program to? Oh, is that what it's it sort was? of like a post-Soviet uh, reclamation project? I could be totally wrong about that, but it was I something could like that as well. It was about the Berlin Wall, though. But it was Gorbachev and yeah. post, uh, you know, let's, Iron Curtain let's and all this it. other stuff. We'll I feel like Gorbachev not getting a lot of pop these days, considering like the massive figure he was at the time. You know what I mean? Like he's just been a little lost. Preach, Gorby. Stuff, stuff has happened. Used to be a big, In big the world. deal. Um, all right, coming up on today's show, uh, we talked about it on Wednesday that it was coming, so we'll do it at the end of the show. Some over unders for new uh, players, uh, players in new places, old faces, new places. Uh, but we got some more news to get to because this is the end of uh, free agency week. It is winding down in terms of the hot and heavy action, but there's still important moves being made. So we're going to go spin through it all, but we will start. Uh, with a ban, another word for suspension, 
Let's get to the news. I know Dan Hanzus, uh, Jets fan number one in our building from the Around the NFL podcast, was just crying at his desk. <laughs> Shout out to Greg. I was not watching NFL Network at the time, but uh, in a live interview with Anthony Barr, uh, the linebacker who agreed to join the Jets and went back to the Vikings and said he was crying after he made the initial decision. <laughs> Um, Andrew said that to Anthony Barr, which I, speaking of esoteric, I imagine Anthony Barr did not know what the hell. No, that was, he, about. yeah. Well, what was his response? He seemed confused, but, or <laughs> shocking, a, a little uncomfortable by the whole interview. Cause I got to say, Andrew, you know, pushed pretty hard on the whole decision and, uh, I, he felt bad. He said it was one of the worst days of his life. I think he ultimately wishes he could have just been celebrating this great new deal for the Vikings, but it's like there's all these awkward questions where he said he was literally kind of sick to his – like when he said it, he started getting the cold sweats and just felt like, oh, my gosh, I made this mistake. He also called the Jets – had he gone to the Jets akin to marrying the wrong woman, which I found a little bit little bit strong. We didn't need to uh, – that they were willing to offer you a lot of money. Uh, you know. Well, you know what? He made the right move, though. As annoying as it was, uh, if you were having second thoughts at, the, at that level, you go back to where you came. And like I said, and Garofolo on our um, free agency live show this week, um, I asked him if the Jets signed Barr, would they have not gotten Le'Veon Bell? Garofolo said that he thinks it still would have happened, but there's no doubt that Barr spurning them and leaving all that money in their piggy bank led to the Jets kind of going harder after Bell. So I think it's okay in the end. I'm not upset about it. I did not cry, but it was a good bit. I mean, the only way to get paid is to threaten your current employer that you're going to leave. Well, he's a rare guy, though, that took less Isn't money. That so, Wes. I mean, in a lot of cases, that's – I mean, I think a lot of people I don't, identify that would not with work Anthony here. Barr. Right, no, you're right. But this is a rare case where he, he took less money. Uh, it doesn't happen too often in the NFL, and I don't think it was like – the, the Vikings stepped up and gave him a great contract, but it, he, you know, he took less money. Might have been the Greg Williams factor. You never know. All right, let's start with the band, the Browns. Um, the former employer of Greg Williams, they know how long Kareem Hunt's going to be out. Uh, the running back uh, is out eight games, violating the NFL personal conduct policy. The league announced this on Friday. Hunt has accepted the punishment and does not plan to appeal. Uh, he released a statement saying he apologizes uh, for what happened and what did happen. Uh, the Chiefs cut him in late November after a video surfaced of the running back shoving and kicking a woman during a February 2018 incident at a Cleveland hotel. Uh, the message being put out by the Browns this whole time has been, we're supporting Kareem, we're working with him toward a second chance. Uh, well, now we know when he comes back, Mark, when he does come back, if he could stay on the um, straight and narrow, he will be another big addition to that offense. It still uh, feels to me like the one off note of yes. what has been a big off season for them where I I get it that someone like Kareem Hunt was going to get a, cho a chance somewhere um, because he's just talented enough, but you could have kept him out for the entire year and found out where he was personally next off season too. That would have been fine with me. Um, from the football side, there's been all this uh, whisperings about Duke Johnson being openly available in a trade because he's the odd man out if they do use Kareem Hunt. I My question would be if it keeps, if it spurns them to keep him around because then you're one injury away from having nothing in the backfield. Well, and there, and it's a risk. I mean, it's scheduled for eight games. You would assume that's what it is, but the Browns have been through this in a, in a very different circumstance where you never, you never know. Cause this wasn't for one incident. That's why it wasn't six games. It was for two incidents. The NFL, 
made that clear. And you're right. It is the one-off note because this whole time, it's kind of awkward this week when everyone's like, and everyone's going to be so excited for this Browns offense. Odell Beckham, you know, David and Jokey, Kareem Hunt. And it's just like, eh, like there's, it doesn't feel there's right. something strange about just kind of throwing Hunt into that mix right now. They could have, I think the and all NFL teams could have waited for this suspension to go down, but the Browns couldn't wait to sign him. They started this automatic six-week thing a few years ago, and we're still getting six-week suspensions. To me, that's not enough of a deterrent. Exactly. The rate should be 0%. Make it a full-year suspension, I think. I like that. Uh, Let's move on. Teddy Bridgewater on our Wednesday show. We talked about it. He uh, looked like he was going back to the Saints. Jane Slater, our our own Jane Slater, reported that it was going to happen and a deal was in place. Uh, Teddy got cold feet. He uh, met with the Dolphins, but at the end of the day, he ends up sticking with New Orleans Saints, who uh, signed the quarterback to a one-year deal worth $7.25 million, fully guaranteed, rap sheet reported, uh, maximum value of twelve five. dollars uh, You would imagine he'd have to get on the field and play a lot, which would mean a Drew Brees injury. Uh, but seven point two five guaranteed as a backup is very good money. Bridgewater remains I suppose uh, the next in line in New Orleans, potentially, if Drew Brees walks away, he is 40 years old. Uh, Mark, ultimately, is this a good signing for the Saints? Well, I've talked about my feelings. I mean, I think Wes ultimately uh, is correct on how he felt Teddy Bridgewater viewed the situation, that it was a better way to keep his career moving in an upward trajectory to be with a team where he had a very good experience there and to continue. I, I, I'll, I'll say one more time that it w- I would rather see a player get back on the field and play to get a, have a better chance at a long-term contract, but the Dolphins are a weird uh, landing spot, so I totally think Teddy did what was right for him, and the Saints are a great situation if you have a chance to take over for Drew Brees. There was one thing out there. There was, there was reports that Teddy Bridgewater was hesitant to sign with the Saints because of whispers that Sean Payton is basically teed up to take the Cowboys job next year. Ah, and it's a one-year contract. I mean, the heir apparent thing's great. He's got a foot in the door. He can learn that system. But it's not like the Saints are like closing off their mind to drafting young quarterbacks, I don't think, because Teddy Bridgewater is there. The most fascinating thing to me, though, is what's Ryan Tannehill doing? Because Teddy Bridgewater said he would – there was a report from ESPN. He would have gone to Miami if they offered him, quote-unquote, life-changing money. It's essentially, I would bet, starting someone, quarterback Someone money. said $15 million. Right. So, like, start – so that that's like – A tanking tax. Right. And so Ryan Tannehill still on the roster, and the Miami Herald reported way back in December they're not keeping him. I think Ryan Tannehill is the most likely guy now to be the week one starting quarterback. I did check with our insiders Wait, on this. Wait, does he get an apology contract? I don't. No, I don't think so. It, because at this point, if you cut him, you're eating like $13 million in dead money anyways. And yeah, he's going to be on your tax for on your cap for a lot. But it's like, at this point, would you rather cut Ryan Tannehill, eat a bunch of dead money, and start Blake Bortles, or just like keep Tannehill? Well, it's what's like, the what relationship we... at this point? I, I, you wonder if yeah. it, it's fractured and they need a fresh start. But he's but on it... the roster, so that tells me they're that they're considering it. It's an option. Right. He's not. Listen, Ryan Tannehill is not a terrible quarterback, and if he's a and he's a perfectly fine bridge guy. In fact, probably maybe the best in the league if you're looking at that time. I'd rather have. Ryan Tannehill than Eli Manning as a bridge guy to a rookie. So it makes sense. It just matter. It's just a, uh, a question of whether the new coaching staff wants Tannehill in the building. But my one thing is I read in a thing about Tannehill, like, oh, the seventh-year quarterback is about – I was like, 
wait, he's not been in the league for seven years. And I, yes, he has. And I thought, name one memorable Ryan Tannehill moment that would lead his highlight film. I cannot think of one. The, same, I the way it. I used to feel about Sam Well, Brown. he had the Miami Miracle. Right. There's not a, that is not a miracle. What? I mean, hey, wasn't what? that Kenyon Drake doing all the work? Yeah, that but he was on him. the field for that, right? But he's not. But he's he. What did he do? I remember this game is rookie uh, air against the. <laughs> it was memorable. Yeah, I, I remember this game is rookie air against the Arizona Cardinals, and I think I've held on to this memory for way too long. Where it was like he went up and down the field with like a Nick Foles Super Bowl type performance, not on a great Cardinals team, and I was like, wow, Ryan Tannehill is the future. So that's my moment. My it's only memory is five years worth of Dolphins fans telling me he was better than Andrew Luck. That wasn't Ooh. true. All right, moving on. He's also 31. He came into the league kind of old. Moving on. The Giants have their Odell Beckham Jr. replacement. Oh, poor Giants fans. That's a real thing we're talking about right now. And it's Golden Tate, who signs a four-year, $37.5 million deal. $23 million fully guaranteed. Rap sheet reported, uh, according to Wes and Greg's list, this was the top wideout. On the available free agent list, uh, and last year he split between Detroit and Philly. He was a production machine with the Lions. He got moved to Philly, kind of disappeared in that offense, had a big touchdown in the uh, playoffs, but other than that, did not really make the impact. Uh, The Giants now, Greg, bring in a receiver at 30 years old. Uh, It doesn't seem to fit in with where this franchise is headed, but it does add somebody, and they did need somebody with Sterling Shepard. I, I don't understand all the criticism the Giants took for this particular deal. Like it's all every, it's all connected to Beckham. I get it. That's why. I get it. Yeah. But everyone immediately was like, "What's the plan here? What they're not tanking?" First of all, if you thought they were tanking, you're not paying attention. No one, almost no one tanks. They're trying to win. This was a uh, wide receiver who we had ranked number one. The contract's like a little more than I expected at this point in free agency, but it's not much more than Adam Humphreys or Jamison Crowder. I think you can criticize a million other parts of this process and other moves that they've made, but they do have a pretty decent group of weapons. I mean, Golden Tate, Evan Ingram, Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard is a nice group of weapons. Whether, whether you, I know, you know, if you want to be a hater to get Dave Gettleman, I totally get it, but this contract to me makes them better. I got no Are problem they, with it. So they totally conceded out outside the numbers and downfield to Eli Manning's arm right now. You would love you would love to have a vertical threat. Got, yes. Their top their only proven receivers are slot receivers. Right, but the Patriots have, you know, kind of done that for right, for but years. This, this isn't the Patriots. I know, I'm just saying like adding Golden Tate to me doesn't isn't a bad thing. I I would, you know, Golden Tate's I, I a good like, football player. I think like on its own it's fine. And 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 had the Odell Beckham thing not happen and you add someone like Golden Tate even more so, but it's it's more like the PR mess that the Giants can't I seem to it. navigate for the first time in their franchise history, three years running, where it's just another thing that when you put the whole ugly soup together, Giants fans are like, why am I excited about next season or any season? Well, right Gettleman's now? desperate to be right. You know, they're desperate to win nine. Like, I think this is a team that's hoping they can somehow find a way to nine wins. No one thinks they're winning a Super Bowl. But he'd love for Eli Manning to have a decent enough season and he's got a good enough players that around is, him at least. That is a horrendous plan, hoping for nine wins with an ugly, ugly re- expansion roster. It's a bad week to be a Giants fan. Uh, speaking of Dave Gettleman, um, he made a big move back in his Panthers day days to bring in uh, Matt Khalil. Uh, he signed a five-year, $55 million contract. I think it was one of the last big deals Gettleman handed out in yes. his Panthers days. It didn't work out at all. Uh, and after spending the entire season in 2018 on IR with a knee injury, uh, Khalil, the left tackle, uh, was released. Uh, Rap Sheet first reported the transaction. Uh, so he, got, he made a lot of money. 
uh, did not do a lot, and now he's on the street, and the Panthers still looking for help on the line. This was a bad signing, Matt Khalil. Uh, what they get one year out of him, and one bad year. That was one that everyone first guessed, you know, because he was a pretty bad tackle in Minnesota. It, it, Overdrafted. The the tackle free agency situation hasn't really changed over the last couple of years. Offensive linemen just get insane money in free agency, and it seems like in most best case scenarios they're fine, and then in worst case scenarios they're Matt Khalil. I mean, he was a disappointment <laughs> with Minnesota. That's why it was first guessed. He was, I think, a top five draft pick. It was in that range uh, when he came into the league. And immediately he didn't really play at that level. But sometimes, I guess, in this league, especially when you got that funny money, just the pedigree and maybe some good tape, uh, you could talk yourself into, oh, we can make this guy um, a stud on the line. But in this case, it didn't. They had line issues for a long time, too. It's like they, they were one of those candidates to overspend. And like I think it's just that where will football be in 20 years from now when you don't have like these – Farm-fed, like gigantic people that want to play. <laughs> I like do this something theory you have. No, I just, I just think that, like in general, this. the toughness factor of people is lowering, and that is going to impact someone that's asked to play through knee problems for twelve years mm-hmm. and take hits from gigantic people versus becoming, um, you know, a hedge fund so type individual. Got better this week though. Matt Paradis and Daryl Williams on the offensive line for pretty good, cheap money, I think. So, <clears throat> in this era, Mark, where the rich, the elite, our, our um, grease in the palms of people to get their idiot children into high-level institutions, right. uh, higher learning. Uh, this is the world you speak of. The, that there yeah, are. It is a slice of the of the cake that I speak of. But here's the thing: society. the NFL has always drawn most of their players from different types of people. I mean, it's always been an opportunity to escape. Uh, the life that you're growing up. That was true in the 50s, 60s, 70s. It's true today. And there's more... Right, there's more inequality now than there's ever been. I'm not saying that my theory is rock solid, but it's just in (laughs) general. I'm interested. I like your theory. I just think that offensive linemen seem to be, like, on the college level and the pro level, it's harder and harder to find these people. Do you also believe that the children are using uh, iPad-type devices too often? playing those video games, yes. listening to that heavy metal. We have no long term. I don't know about heavy metal. Is that a current- <laughs> the iPad, when like kids at five and six are using iPads, we have no long-term study on what that becomes when they are Get adults. out there and push a sled. Build your lower body. Right. Get in the gym. I don't want the gym. Just run around nature. It's not like you can get a paper route anymore. Right. Any five-year-olds that have iPads weren't generally the ones becoming offensive would have been the type to be, <laughs> become offensive linemen in the NFL anyways. Well, they can we don't know it. that. That is that is as much of an assumption as every part of Look my at, argument. Listen, how dismissive Greg's being of what I think is a real thought-provoking take on America. It's right? it's just more of a question than a, a fact. I'm asking a question. Will this Will football be changed by this utter lack of toughness in human beings in America? Moving on, Blake Bortles, he's got a tough in America. He don't got a job no more uh, because with Nick Foles installed as the franchise quarterback in Duval County uh, with the Jaguars, Bortles' tenure with Jacksonville's over. They officially part ways as the new league year kicked in and Foles' contract became official. Of course, another high, high draft pick once upon a time, third overall, nearly got to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, and it led to – a um, uh, a terribly misguided contract extension last year that Tom Coughlin defended and said he doesn't regret and doesn't think he made a mistake. Take the L this, Tom. this week, Tom. Take these the L. Giants executives. 
and take ex Giants executive. It's bad. It's bad. Got to take the L there. But uh, Bortles hits the street, so there is another. Uh, there's another option if you're looking for a backup quarterback. Wes, does Bortles hold any value to you if you're looking for somebody to fill out a quarterback room? I think he's the perfect, perfect quarterback for the Dolphins to start 16 games if you're organically tanking. Are we jumping in the fish tank? I would just say right, sign, him up, sign him up for that adventure, 16 games, and see where you end up in next year's draft. Ken, we're jumping in the fish tank, dude. Gets to stay in the same state. People like the income tax thing associated with that. <laughs> people. people. People do like people it. People like to talk about the income tax for Star If you really are organic tanking, that uh, Blake Bortles is perfecto. Mwah. Well, yeah. I mean, you could just go – you could cut Ryan Tannehill and just go with the rest of the depth chart you have right now. Is Matt Moore still there? No, Matt David Moore fails. You get Matt Moore it, back in the building? It's uh, David Fails – He's Actually, a he's agent. a free agent. I think Jake Ruddock. Jake Ruddock, Luke Fuck. I am not Luke starting Falk. a quarterback. Maybe bring Fails back. I'm just not doing it. Bring Fails back. Brock's a free agent too, by the way. He's out there. I'd rather have Brock for sure than Bortles. I, I could Brock see this. I could see this being that? a Ryan Fitzpatrick destination, as well. Right. Fitz is going to sign somewhere. That's a nice. I'm not saying he's he's he, he coming off a nice the, season a, to some degree. Here's but the like, thing about the NFL, nice though. Job. Like, there's a decent chance you can stumble into seven wins. That's one of the things I believe in most. It's really not that hard to win five or six games. Like, would it really stun you if the Dolphins somehow found a way to come in second in the AFC East? Yes. I think the Bills and Jets just got a lot better. You just get a few things going your way. Flores turns out to be a great coach. It's like a nice year where you overachieve. What did they finish last year? Everything, they got so many breaks last year. Yes. Their problem well, is they, they haven't. They were they were much worse than seven, their they record. were seven and nine. They, seven and they nine. haven't been That's bad enough to go get that quarterback number one overall. They've always been this sort of That's six, seven, eight win. They were a five and eleven team that went seven and nine last year, no doubt. No. So I, if that, I feel like five and eleven might be their ceiling this year. But you're right, though. I mean, yeah. That's not a killer division outside the Pats, even with the improvements uh, with the other teams. Uh, Jordy Nelson's done in Oakland, one and done. Uh, the Raiders uh, released Nelson on Thursday. Tom Pelissero reported it. Uh, it comes less than three months uh, after John Gruden said the wideout would be back. They gave him a $3.6 million bonus for salary cap purposes. Uh, and, 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 Greg, you were fired up on the Twitter about this one. I was. I did learn after the fact that that bonus was guaranteed as part of his contract. It was not reported. In fact, it was reported op- in an opposite fashion uh, at the time last March and in December when this was p- reported, but people uncovered that money was guaranteed regardless. So that clarifies it to me. It makes a little more sense why you would cut him now. That said, it doesn't change the fact that it was an awful contract and that Gruden uh, was uh, misguided by saying he's going to be back because, you know, all the Raiders fans came in my mentions like, well, how did he know he was going to get Antonio Brown? He didn't know this was unforeseen. It's not unforeseen that you wanted to upgrade from Jordy Nelson. You just went into free agency desperate to spend as much money as humanly possible at wide receiver. Antonio Brown, Tyrell Williams, even J.J. Nelson. So it wasn't unforeseen. So you don't tell a guy that he's you say that he's going to be back and talk about how great he looked late in the season if you're going to go I mean, cut him. And, and you don't sign him to that contract to begin with. We made fun of that contract. It goes back to same thing I was saying on Wednesday. With, with these GMs and the coaches and all that, I could deal with the lies of omission. That's part of the game. But when you say something straight up, and in this case, Jordy Nelson will be back, Three months later, you cut him. It's like you're wasting everybody's time. I just come on. Yeah, keep it real. 
I mean, Jordan, it's not a bad deal for Jordy Nelson. He just got this guaranteed money into 2019. He can go double dip, sign another contract. How about with the Packers? I'm not saying Jordy Nelson can play anymore. He's 34 years old. But uh, Aaron Rodgers was annoyed that Jordy left without being consulted. The Packers certainly need to fill out a wide receiver depth chart. I wonder if it's potential. They've got a bunch of young guys that they seem to like. I, I don't know. For me, that's it's not Jason Witten, but it's a little bit – too cute to bring Jordy Nelson back to Green Bay. I, but he's friends with Aaron Rodgers, so who knows? Uh, John Elway's got things to say. <laughs> <laughs> Can't give John Elway the benefit of the doubt anymore. I'm sorry, everybody. Broncos fans, and you get it. You understand because your patience has been tested more than anyone. But uh, he, he speaks with NFL Network's James Palmer, who's a good guy. I like JP. Oh, yeah. I mean, when you do a power rankings of – if I'm go like we're going to Uh-oh. Phoenix next week, <laughs> no, it's all right. We're going to Phoenix next week it's for the owners' meetings, uh, and uh, and it's going to be nice. It's a nice hotel, a very nice hotel. Um, and then there's the hotel lobby, and everyone's there. I mean, you could you can name any NFL Network talent just about their belly up at the bar, talking, eating. JP is high up on my list. If if, if I'm going to bump into somebody at the bar and have a 10 minute convo. JP's up there. Easy. I mean, he could be right. All positive, Wes. I will not say who I don't want to be belly up with. That you, would be negative. Well, do you have people from our network that you that would be very low on the list? Yes. Or is, you do. I yes. just didn't want you to release the whole power ranking. <laughs> well, no, that's a, that's a, a May episode. Uh, tune in, Ian Rappaport. I think you're going to want to hear this. <laughs> I'd say it, like a top three would be fine, but just don't go any deeper than that. I haven't been on the Rap Sheet Has Friends podcast yet. We're J- supposed to do a home and home. I have not been invited yet. Don't hold your breath. J- J- uh, James Palmer is one of those guys, you know, he's he's based in Denver. So it's a weird thing in this industry, in this building especially. If the Broncos are as relevant as possible, a little more airtime, a little more relevancy JP. for James Palmer. So he's in a tough spot here with Elway. He needs some of these Elway signings to work out because these, these Broncos teams the last couple of years, not on the radar. In his back pocket, though, he is also – Oh, he does largely attached to the Houston Texans. Oh, he does. So you ride with that. Oh, yeah, too. you do other stuff. But he has been. He's had to spin it. Trevor but then Simeon. You have to travel more. He's had to spin a lot of nonsense. Case Keenum. I mean, you know, and he's he's I, a good dad. So you, you know, if you could, if you're if you're given the Broncos, the coverage, you don't have to leave home. You know, it's just like and everybody at go J- Denver at for James the sake Palmer, of James family at James Palmer on Twitter. Let him know that <laughs> Dan thinks highly of him personally. It'll be fun. All right. Anyway, so this is what happens. Uh, Palmer talks to Elway. <laughs> And, and Elway t- tells me for James <laughs> that Joe Flacco is quote just getting into his prime, 34 years old. Now there's one man in the in the studio, and it, it shocked me when this happened when the trade went down. That is the biggest Joe Flacco fan in America right now, and it's Chris Wessling. West, do you believe what the GM is saying about the quarterback? I said something very similar at the time that I fully expect Joe Flacco to have one of the best seasons of his career and to enter a period where the next couple of years go better than his last few because when I saw him play last year, he was moving and throwing much more smoothly, much more athletically than he did in previous few years. I like the fit. I don't think he was surrounded by great talent in Baltimore the last couple of years on offense. And I have no, I know everyone likes to get their snark in just like they did with Adrian Peterson and Amari Cooper and everything else has been decided ahead of time. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I do believe that Elway is on to something. One thing about Flacco that I liked watching his introductory press conference with the Broncos was he was very honest. And he basically, you know, you when he was in that thing with Baltimore, you knew from the summer on that he was going to be pressed by Lamar Jackson if there were issues. 
he basically acknowledged it was one of the worst years of his entire life. He didn't want to sit on the bench. It wasn't like he was trying to be, you know, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, part two. But it was just like he, to me, the, the, the change of scenery might really, really be good for him. I, I hear you, Wes. My thing is his health because he, he played Wait, two. So he, he got a broken rib? Come on. No, I know, but he played two seasons with a really two, – two and a half seasons where he Hasn't wasn't he at his best. he played 16 games in almost every season? Of right, and career? he was so – limited and he talked about it he's healthier he, now than he's been that that he's i know but that's just a thing that you would worry about happens that's the x factor well, and then aaron Rodgers skangs is the other x factor skangs could be uh, a genius and could fix this terrible offensive line or you know skangs could uh you know go the skangs, way of the, the, the last couple offensive court i mean rich gangarello their offensive coordinator you're on that he's terms a, with him i didn't think that, that i brought it up uh on this podcast that that was his nickname uh according to uh elway i know but you were just killing people for using goody at the combine now you're using skangs well that I, when you have a nickname as um just kind of gross to say as skangs i think you just got it's not a great nickname. say it you know what would be better this is pro- i feel like this now i'm getting like deja vu Skank? How about Skank? Hey, Skank! Well, I thought we were going to get this guy turned around. I think I threw Skangy out there. Skangy's not bad, but how about Skank? I don't know. Skank's a little... He like, would appreciate that. A little hard edge <laughs> for a nickname. I'm looking at his photo right now. I think it matches up. Pretty nice. <laughs> Whoa! No, that's not a, a put-down. Seems nice. Love James Palmer. Moving on. K.J. Wright uh, and the Seahawks staying in business together. Rap sheet reports two years worth up to $15.5 million. Greg Bill, <laughs> see, you're looking at the photo and you get it. That's Skank right there. Hey, Skank, draw up this game plan. Draw it up in the dirt, Who's skank? the guy shouting in that way inside the Broncos facility, please? <laughs> hey, Skank, <laughs> I want a good game plan around Flacco. <laughs> Wright has spent his entire eight-year career uh, in Seattle. Uh, he, he missed 11 games due to a knee injury in 2018 but prior to that he was a tackling machine we love tackling machines four straight seasons with 100 plus tackles uh Wes good move I don't think anybody knows because I don't think anybody knows what's going on with his knee he returned 29 years old returned at the end of last year I couldn't really get a good gauge on whether he was the same player or not I don't think he was quite as disruptive in those few games that he played at the end of the year and he didn't get much attention on the free agent wire compliments Bobby Wagner, well. And I think that's kind of the secret sauce for the Seahawks. They put pieces together that complement each other well and know their roles. I think the Seahawks, Seahawks, I see out there, I know you're quiet and free. They kind of do this quiet thing in free agency, but I don't like what they're doing. You know, they add these offensive linemen, they bring Fluker back. You got Ayapati just taking a shot on him. Michael Kendricks, you know, maybe he'll go to jail, but if not, he's on the field. Their big offseason was last year, shedding and adding a bunch of young people. Uh, moving people. on, another player not going anywhere. Philip Dorsett signs a one-year deal uh, to remain with the Patriots. Um, he had a, a nice season. He had a, he was a part of that offense last year, uh, but apparently not a, a big market was waiting for him yeah. in free agency, so he just sticks around in New England. I don't see any money. Greg, is this go back to your old – it's a deal that no one's proud of. Um, <laughs> Who's, what's that? I don't know. You said, like, when you don't see money, oh. does it mean that no one's proud of the deal? So that's why. Well, yeah. Not I mean, it. I I think it's safe to say Dorsett's not getting, you know, paid too much money. And Hey, we're in a world where Devin Funches just got $14 million for one year. I mean, D- had a- Dorsett had, like, 280 yards. But he, he will always be the guy who caught 
to me, the key touchdown in the AFC Championship to lead them to a Super Bowl. It's just I, – I think Dorsett's worth bringing up just because to bring up the Patriots – a week, which I think Patriots fans are frustrated with. You would think they would be over this by now because uh, this is kind of what the Patriots do. The Patriots did want a slot receiver, though, and I think that ended up being a big whiff uh, in this free agency period. They really wanted Adam Humphreys. Uh, reportedly ended up offering him more money than the Titans got, but it was after he had already agreed with Titans, and they were in on Cole Beasley. They were lightly in on Golden Tate. Didn't get any of them, and they, signed, they ended up signing Bruce Ellington. Uh, they signed... Um, Who's the guy from Washington? Maurice Harris. And they signed a bunch of special teamer. Terrence Brooks. They bring back Jason McCourty for a little more money. It's a very kind of low wattage free agency period here for the Patriots. And I think there's going to be some more moves to come. And the Gronk thing hangs over the franchise. That it does. I mean, I if And over the wall outside here at NFL Media Headquarters. Yeah, that's true. yeah, but if he were to retire, I don't think you need to pull his painting off the same way when you're Antonio Brown or you're Meltdown. It's like... They're sending a message, but it's the opposite of grandstanding. It's like Belichick goes to Barbados, makes sure people take pictures of him with his wife, with his girlfriend. I think it was the UK, wasn't it? No, it was the Caribbean. Oh, okay. Yeah, like a... Then they sign a bunch of special teamers while everyone's going crazy with their money, and it's like, oh, hey, we don't need to be active in free agency to dominate this league. I really liked Martellus Bennett sent a tweet out. I recommend everyone check it out. It was kind of a, a joking letter to Michael Bennett to let him know what the locker room was like. He gave me more information on the personalities in that locker room in these tweets of what people are really like than, than some beat reporters mm. had for years. It was what good stuff. What did you learn? It was good stuff. Um, just kind of like the different vibes. Like like Julian Edelman, you'll probably want to punch him at some point. Um, you know, Don't do that. He, he's, he's kind of only got one speed. Uh, you, you'll vibe with Hightower. He's kind of the most uh, like – just like business, like your kind of guy, uh, you know, Brady, very down to earth in, into interior decorating. Uh, James Devlin's like a, a guy like the Bennett's who really self growth is important to him. Like you can have some pretty deep conversations. He wants to become a better person. I'm going to check these out. Who's this from? It's from Martellus. Hmm. I think Martellus knows the Patriots aren't resigning him now. So. Steelers uh, have signed Dante Moncrief. They have a hole in their depth chart with Antonio Brown no longer around. Uh, that's not to say that Dante Moncrief becomes their number one option. That's Juju Smith-Schuster. But Moncrief, after one year with the Jaguars, uh, didn't do much. He bounces to Pittsburgh, of course, started his career with the Colts. Someone asked me yesterday on Twitter, how did I like what the Steelers have done? And it was hard to say that I was taking anything positive away. Dante Moncrief is talented, but he's been a tease. And one of the least efficient wide receivers in the NFL the last couple of years. Every offense he goes to is in the bottom of the league in passing offense. Uh, they also signed Steven Nelson, gave him a lot of money to be a starting cornerback. But, After uh, Bradley Roby turned them down. Yeah, this is all kind of like little stuff, and we got some big stuff Ooh. coming up. Oh, Give us oh. something. little breaking news. Give it to us. Hit Ryan him. Tannehill has been traded to the Tennessee Titans and signed to a one year contract. No other details at this moment. The Titans have a so there you go. backup, I guess, in Tannehill. Dolphins decide they, they're turning the page. Even so if, he's uh, got to redo his contract, I would imagine. Yeah, they did. They said he signed him to a one-year contract. Okay. His agent broke the news, so he clearly was willing to just take a backup's contract, I would assume. I bet it's a, a nice backup's contract. Titans have Blaine Gabbard under contract, this too. This is so. great. 
I, Mariota can never stay healthy. I was going to say, I, I very rarely have anything positive to say about the Titans, but this is a perfect landing spot. They, their quarterback is never healthy. He's always got something going on. And Tannehill is, to me, now one of the best backups in football. I I, I really like the Titans' first week of free agency. Me too. Might be my favorite team here in free agency. Humphreys, Saffold. I like Wake. I think there's some sort of under – like there's a market inefficiency in some of these older players that you can just get for a one-year contract like Wake. And Tannehill, I would actually even put into that. Like why not get Ryan Tannehill for one year? And just ba- just same with Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen we're talking about. He's a little bit older, but Marcus Mario, it's all about the quarterback though. Is the quarterback going to be able to lift his game and take the franchise to the next level? I haven't, I haven't seen any evidence other than a nice playoff win in Kansas City with a Chiefs team that kind of tripped on its own. Moments. Something. Moments here and there. I, but Is he the guy? Well, now you have a, another option. Aren't we, aren't we like massively less excited about Marcus Mariota as a room than we were two, three years ago? I mean, is that the way you want the trajectory to go as a quarterback? That's not the way you want it to go. You're, were we? Uh, right. Are we going to edit out all our Tannehill takes earlier in the show? I think or it's we organic. It we're in the organic fresh. fish tank, and that was organic. Okay. It happened earlier. Nice discussion. People be like, oh, the show's a little, you know, behind the times. And then bang, bang. you're going to hear this. You're like, whoa, these guys are capturing everything. Week We're just going to sit here t- through Sunday night. This, this, this pod will be 46 hours. <laughs> Week one starter, Jake Ruddick. Man, the Dolphins are going to be bad. They're going to draft someone. It's going to be a tough year. All right. Sorry, Henry. Not really. Uh, and best, who's the best guys left on the market? That's what's going on in the news. Who's left now? Like, Justin Houston, I think, is the best. Um, somebody signed in, that guy. In, help Indomitian you. Sue uh, is interesting. Nice. This isn't one of the- Ronald Darby's out there. Who's coming off an injury, but was a you know a guy a defensive rookie. Of Tyler the year. Eifert's out there. RG three. Yeah, not one of the best guys, but I have not heard Randall Cobb's name all week. No. Geno Smith is out there, Greg. <laughs> Geno. <laughs> there's some there's some big players out there. Um. All right. Before we get out of here, let's do some over-unders. Let's have some fun. Some players that are in new locations. Um, uh, Joe Flacco, let's start there, Wes. It's it's All going right. to be a, a fascinating subplot to watch. Uh, how he does in Denver. Let's throw some numbers out there. You tell me, Wes. Over-under. You ready? All right. Touchdowns. 25 and a half. That is well set. I will take the under because I think that it will be Philip Lindsay and um, who's the other running back there who is a rookie, Royce Freeman, in the red zone quite a bit. 3,900 yards passing. <sighs> Ooh. Mark's shaking his head. I'm taking the under for all Joe Flacco. Yeah, I don't believe he's going to uh, start things Just because games. like if, if he misses three games – that alone, you win it. And to me, these are so well set, Dan. Thank you. That uh, if he played 16 games, that you know, one little over, minor injury, and, and you are he's thrown over 25 up. touchdowns two times in his entire career. I'm waiting for Wes's answer. I'll take the over on 3,900. Yards. 88 passer rating. Over. Okay. So you you see a good season. I do. Not a great season, but better than a middling season. I see a career resetting season where he's going to be viewed differently. Dalton's so, got a fourth-round pick in this Ryan Tannehill um, trade. Not bad. Which, which indicates to me... Ariota. No, not that he's going to be battling to start, but that they're certainly thinking of post... You know, Mariota's in the last year of his contract. Yep. Could Tannehill just be another option long-term? That's not a bad value. All right. We'll stick at quarterback. Greg, 
Nick Foles. Now the quarterback Over. of the Jaguars. 27 and a half touchdowns. Jeez, that's really high, though. That's that's what the dozen <laughs> people are saying. Well, not really. That's what I'm saying. I, it's funny because I consider myself a total Foles uh, acolyte. And you right got to go believer, over. But I'm going under anyways because I think that's the smarter. All right, 4,100 yards. He could have a good year and throw for 25. 4,100 yards. <sighs> I feel like they're going to want to run the ball a lot. I'm going over that, though. All right, 90 passer rating. I don't believe in passer rating, but I'll go over <laughs> It's like enough of passer rating. It's I mean, 2019. That's fair, though. Let's, let's grow up a little bit. I would. I, I want to see Nick Foles start 16 games. He's <laughs> never started more. I, than yeah, my thing is season. more. I think it's going to be like a run first off. I don't necessarily. Even I think he could play well and go under all of those. You know what I mean? It's possible. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, Mark. You ready? Yeah. Big one for you, because it's a new day in Cleveland. New dawn. It's a new day. <laughs> Odell <laughs> Beckham Jr. Okay. Is this White Snake? <laughs> <clears throat> Good ref. One hundred catches. Under. Hmm. Close. Thirteen hundred and seventy-five yards receiving. Under. Way over. Wow. Twelve touchdowns. Twelve Way and a half over. touchdowns. Well, that's a push. You can't have 12 and a half touchdowns. Oh, you said, you said 12. Um, I'll go 13 touchdowns, so over. He's only done that once, but I'd go over big time on the other two. I'm so when, I, when you thought I said 12, you said push, but then when I told you 12 and a half, you should have said under, but you went to well, 13. Well, I, I, I'm not trying to veer negative. I just – I. <laughs> so he's going to have a, a Pro Bowl season, but maybe not first team all pro. He's had 100 catches once. I think <clears throat> there's a lot of other mouths to feed in that offense. He's – there were years in New York where there weren't as it's a good no point. one else around. It's them. a good thought now, you know, because he might be more of a vertical receiver, a little less of those short. Uh, Eli Much Annie more throws. of a vertical receiver. Right. So they that, like means, that means less receptions, too. maybe more yards. Give me, what would you say his number is, Wes? Receptions, yards, touchdowns. Hit me what? with it. 100 receptions, 1,650 yards, <laughs> 17 <laughs> touchdowns. Okay. <laughs> and I'm being conservative. <laughs> Greg, you're freaking me out over here. Uh, I think he can set records. All right, so that type of season. Another running back. You ready? Mark, sticking with you. Your boy Mark with a K. Mark Ingram. Mark with a C. Over 1,000. <laughs> Over. Okay. Barely. Uh, Wes, your boy, Adrian Peterson. 828 yards. And a half. Under. Mm. Didn't like the way he ran for much of the second half of the season, and Darius Geis will be healthy this year. Tannehill, by the way, got the exact same contract as Ryan, as Teddy Bridgewater. Seven guaranteed, 12 with incentives. Mm. Greg, Ryan Tannehill. Just kind of put that out there. Ryan Tannehill, four and a half starts. I'm going over. Whoa. I think there's a like injury that. or performance or both. That's it's Could both. both. It, yeah. that, that's yeah. the reason why I was decisive about it was one one way or another, I'd take it. I like that move. I think the Titan, the Titans need options at that position. I agree. They agree. Wow, Wes. Wes, John Smokey Brown up there in Western New York with the big-armed kid. Yards per reception, 16. Hmm. <laughs> over. Don't get a lot of wide PR. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, li- I, like I like it. I like on it. That. I like it. What did Deshaun Jackson have last year? He had like 18. That's wild. Yeah. 
You're taking the over. So you think taking that's going to work. That's a connection that will work. Well, I you could have four catches and have – you could average that 18.9. I mean, okay. that'll, that'll lead the league, you know, if you get around 18. Look at what Robert freaking Foster did at the end of last year with Josh Allen, this undrafted rookie, and John Brown's – Smokey's better don't, than Robert Foster. Are we assuming hey, I don't know, 16 games for all these? By the way, I'm not, I don't sleep on Robert Foster. No assumptions. That's what I'm, no that's what I'm Don't sleep on Rob Foster. That's your analysis. My analysis, Smokey's that, way better than that Rob That guy Foster. was explosive. I'm saying I kind of like Foster, Brown, Beasley. I think Foster is not a guy to be trifled with. When you do that as a rookie – I'm going to trifle wanna, with him. I want to see what's next. All right, Greg. My boy, Le'Veon Bell. 77 receptions, 77 and a half receptions. Over. 1,250 yards rushing. It's set well, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm bullish on Bell, so I'm going over. So you, you're looking at, you're saying he's going to approach 2,000 total yards. That's a home run signing if he gives you that. Yep. I mean, he's done this. Wes, where do you come down on that? What's the question? Um, seventy. What did I say? Seventy. You know, I would. I would not. Seventy-seven. I thought you said seventy-seven and a half. I would say total. I would say yards from scrimmage. I would put more around. You know, eighteen hundred. But yeah. Who? Seven. Love Bell. Yeah, Love Bell. Let's set seventy-seven and a half receptions. Let's start there. Under. Twelve hundred and fifty yards rushing. That's a good set. Yeah, I would push that. Seventeen. <laughs> that would be a ridiculous. That's, that's just ridiculous. He is allowed. Gotta, to, exactly, he is allowed exactly, to push that. He rushes for exactly. 12 <laughs> uh, it's like that's Mark's bit. It's like he loses a yard on his last thing and ruins your. Whole well, his last season. two active years, he ran for twelve sixty eight, twelve ninety one. So twelve fifty is right in that world. Seventeen uh, twenty total yards offense. Under. Okay. Mm. Whatever, dude. Joe Flacco sucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's good. I don't need. Well, anybody else want to throw it out there? 99% of the world agrees with you. <laughs> I know. We'll see what happens. Anybody else want to throw a name out there? We're going to be hearing about this magical Joe Flacco. How about this? September Sam Darnold. Dan. Ooh, okay. 27 touchdowns. Feeling bullish, bro, but I'm going to take you nailed it. I think he's going to be between 26 and 30, so I'll take the over. Sam Darnold, 14 interceptions. Fourteen and a half interceptions. He's going to throw about between ten and twelve, so I'll take the under. New York Giants wins. Mm. What's the number? Four. Give us an over under on that. Give us a half. Give us a half. I'm going over regardless. Uh, four and a half or three. Four and a half. I'll take the under. I think they're going to be a mess. Wow. I there there aren't many teams I wouldn't take the over. I think I'd probably take the over on four and a half for about thirty teams, and the Giants would be one of them. The oh. Eli thing is so sloppy now, even to the next level with the Beckham gone. I just think it's just going to be. This is the wrong time to be because everyone's going to skew hyper negative, and they they've earned it. The Browns, uh, the the Giants, but I still think that's not a good team. They're a bad team last year, and they got worse. If they go four eleven and one, is that four and a half wins? No. We've had this conversation as well. I'll give it to you. You would? Yeah. Then I'm going Well, the desert push. people don't, but West does. That, in I, this world, I'm going push. Four wins and a tie. I have more leniency on these things. Speaking of the desert, uh, we got to get Spice Rack back on the show. Here who is top. we got to talk about Jonathan Williams. Got uh, to. And uh, what happened there. Uh, Melvin Gordon, how he feels about him. And who who else is in the mix? Spice Rack, your, your desert consigliere. Who was invited to uh, – 
your wedding, Chris, but you have not received a what? reply yet. Well, we're going to have to talk well, about that. It's on me for not getting uh, – my job is to text all these people and tell them I need RSVPs. Guys are not – I have it, not done Like that. a single guy is not good ever at getting the no. wedding invite. I was it comes dressed up in a very nice envelope. You put it somewhere, hopefully, but you don't send it back. You, tr- I would you like assume to see you're going to. In Tybee and just see what's happening there. Speaking of Wes and his wedding, the bachelor party is set. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. And keeping it nice and intimate, and uh, we're going down to San Diego. No more details because we, you know, this is going to be an intimate affair, but we have a house. The Reds are in town. I just gave you the date. Don't, <laughs> don't come up to us. Give us the privacy we deserve in what's going to be. An incredible weekend <laughs> celebrating Chris Wesley and Lakeisha's upcoming nuptials. Are you excited, Wes? I am. Yeah. yeah. I like that Dan's expecting like a Beatles arrive in New York, a uh, <laughs> flock of people just like all around. Where are they? Did you ever see Hard Day's Night? That's yeah. what's going to happen once uh, we touch down. That is an uneven film. All right, we'll be back. All right, so this is what's going on. Again, we're taking we're, the train down the coast? It's a possibility, but how are we going to get the cornhole boards down? I, oh, that crossed my mind. That's a good We question. might have to take a car for that reason. We can reach out to the person renting and ask if uh, who renting from if they maybe they have that. Because I will say the train is an good. awesome experience. It is cool. Okay, let's take it offline and figure it and out. And I wouldn't be fine. I wouldn't care about the, the cornhole thing. So I want a car. Um, <laughs> I always want a car. Like, what are we... This is I love go very I love well. trains. I'm just saying I'll drive. I don't mind. I mean, I'm just saying it's nice to have a car. I'm not convinced Greg's going to be there for the night. Even I think he's going to come oh, for about three four hours. I'm there. Hey, he'll be in a sob. Who was there in Tybee last year? I'm there. I'm there, baby. Um, all right. Next week, like we said, we're going to Arizona for the owners' meetings. We're going to talk to a lot of coaches and GMs. So looking forward to that. So we'll have a show Monday. Uh, we'll have a show Wednesday. And then uh, we'll have a Twitter show as well on Wednesday. I know we, we did a bad job. We never told anybody we changed when the Twitter show was, and people have been confused. It was Tuesday. Now it's Wednesday at 1.30 Pacific, 4.30 Eastern, I believe 9.30 over at uh, London Town. Well, it's no. There's something going on with their daylight savings. Oh, come on. I, you're close, though. It's close. Come on, guys. Trying to help you out. It's seven hours, I believe, not eight. Or maybe it's nine, not eight. One all right. Two. Either way, figure it out, guys. <laughs> uh, we're out of here. Ken, thanks for all your work this week. Yeah, it's been fun. And I'll nice be shot. back with you guys on Monday as well. Unlike Erica, you, you decided it was important to be here for free agency week in the NFL, and I respect that. Oh, yeah. There's no way you can miss this week. It's free agency <laughs> frenzy. Ken, he can't help it. <laughs> eat, eat, eat. You got to turn on the flamethrower. All right. That's it. Dan Hans is signing off for The Quiet Storm. The mailman, the old boss. Kent Brown behind the glass. Steelers stink now, but he don't care. (laughs) Till Monday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. 
What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know, he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.